Hello, everybody. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. We've got your entertainment roundup this afternoon on Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, everybody. Hope you're having a safe drive home or whatever it is you're doing on this Tuesday afternoon, April 4th, 2023. We've got some Love is Blind content, American Idol recap from last night's duets episode, and we've also got... Caitlin Bristow on Jason Tartik's podcast, Trading Secrets. I've got all the clips from that and so much more to jump into. Hey, guess what? Maddie Pruitt uh, has a new bikini line. Or I shouldn't say bikini, a new swimsuit line, the anti-bikini line, which is uh, drawing some controversy from audiences out there. Oh, and you know, that small story that's happening across the world in my great uh, state of New York. Trump arraignment underway. That's right. Former President Donald Trump, the first in history to face criminal charges, entered the courtroom and is expected to plead not guilty today. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to give you too much of an opinion on this because we're going to have to see how it all plays out. I don't even know what the charges are just yet, but a storm might be brewing out there. All right. Well, the question is, is love blind? Well, I don't think so. I don't think love is blind at all. I think we have a physical connection, a spiritual connection, and then maybe um, there's a whole new dimension we don't know about. But uh, we will discuss love is blind as we've been jumping into this recent season four. And in a few weeks, there's going to be a uh, live reunion episode. I think I'm going to do an after show live reunion um uh, live stream. I think I'm going to do that. So if you haven't been following Love is Blind, now is your chance to jump in on that craze. Uh, you can borrow my password if you need to. Uh, but uh, let's do this. Let's discuss American Idol. As you know, Sunday night we had the first of the Hollywood Week uh, episodes, which was the auditions in front of the judges. And now those hopefuls are doing a duet. Some are crashing and burning, forgetting their lyrics, writing them on their guitars, uh, you know, trying to uh, make it by. But some of these duets are just fantastic. What do you say we get into? What do you, what do you say we get into them right now? Okay, so let's do that. I'm going to play for you guys. I think I've got five or six clips of my favorite duets from last night's episode of American Idol. The first one is Elijah and Lucy, and they are singing My Girl. Have a listen. What can make me feel this way?
Standing ovations from the judges. Unbelievable. I don't have an ounce of skin on my body. That's not covered in goosebumps here. And now we've got uh, We Ani, am I pronouncing that right? And PJ singing Hit Em Up Style, a complete new re- reinvention of this song. What house we made a home. There goes your name. Put your hand wanna get up wild. Just go ahead and hit it up style. Put your hands in the cash and spend it till the last time for all the hard times. Oh, when you go, then everything goes. From the crib to the ride in the clothes. So you better let him know that if he mess up, you gotta hit him up. All of the dreams you sold left me out in the cold. So what happened to the days we used to trust each other? Until you get old To cut him back without me It might be better than money I see Put your hands on his catch And spend it till the last time For the hard times oh, When you go then everything goes From the crib to the ride in the clothes You better, better let him know who's here PJ and Wayani Judges God, man, that's so good. Oh, it's unbelievable. It only gets better from there. Now we've got Oliver Steele and William, although I think it was by Iam, uh, our Hawaiian friend here. Now they both have, uh, William's father passed away a few months ago, or at least when this was taped, and he's been using this guitar that his dad got him. And it broke. It broke right before the taping. And uh, because of that, he had to use the you know a show's the the, sh- the you know American Idol's guitar and he and he completely breaks down crying you know real spiritual moment here and likewise Oliver uh used to perform with his dad who had a stroke and now you know it's just, they're both of their stories are just so so spiritually strong on this journey that they're on that to see them do it together is incredible have a listen I met you under a Pisces moon I kept my distance cause I know that you Don't like it when I by my side I couldn't help it, I put you through hell I don't know why I run away Ooh, I'll make you cry Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.
They received a standing ovation there and dedicated that song to their fathers. We have two more clips to play. Kaylin Hedges and Tyson, a duet. They were both platinum winners, which means they were the best of the be- the, the best of the best in their auditions. And here they are, very young. I think they're both like, you know, 16 or 17 and uh, you know, just absolutely crushing this duet. His voice was just absolutely perfect. And she sounded like she she has such a huge voice and she doesn't even know what to do with it yet, which I would uh, take that in a heartbeat. Okay, and here's our final clip. This is... It's Shan- this is Shanna and Warren, and they, they, I mean, you know, the best one, you know, there's some, some contestants, you know, they're just going to belt it out. And then there's some where you're like, oh, shoot, this is like a career musician. And this is what I got from this duo. And I am, and all of this happened by taking your And that was your American Idol roundup on today's episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. And in other news, before we get to the Bachelor content, I've been covering Love is Blind Season 4. I'm not going to go in-depth here, but I've got two different videos up today, uh, one of which is Love is Blind alum Shane supporting Season 4 villain Irina amid her apology. Yesterday on the YouTube channel, I covered Irina's apology. It got like 25-plus thousand views, a whole new audience uh, from the Love is Blind community coming to check out the channel. So we are going to embrace them and merge the audiences because I think we can do a lot 
lot of Love is Blind and Bachelor crossover, and we're going to do just that. So, yeah, Shane said after Irina apologized, and if you didn't watch the show, she's essentially just this season's villain, and um, Shane, who was, you know, not necessarily a villain on his season, but got a lot of hate, um, shared a screenshot where he said, I know I'll get a ton of backlash for this, but these comments are honestly absolutely disgusting. Yes, what she did, Irina, was horrible completely, completely horrible. I don't defend it. But seeing most of these comments, the hate some of you have is sad. And yeah, man, truly, he's got a point. The hate that exists on social media comments is something that, um, you know, needs to be looked at into a much deeper way. We, I think we just need to eradicate anonymous comments. Just get rid of them. You know what I mean? That's my thought. All right, back to some Bachelor news, and we'll have more Love is Blind commentary as we keep going. We will be having maybe a live stream once we uh, after the reunion episode. We'll get to all of that as it happens in the coming weeks. But if you do like The Bachelor, I got to tell you, you got you to get on Netflix and check out Love is Blind. Bachelor's Maddie Pruitt opens up about designing modest swimsuits that align with her faith. I don't even have this video up on YouTube because this article just dropped, but let's just have a listen to what she had to say, and, um, and um, we'll probably have a full video about this tomorrow. Did anything surprise you about kind of getting to like dive into the fashion side of things and maybe like seeing the design process and stuff like that after, um, I know I'm sure you like fashion and you know, you're girly, but you're also was the basketball player and you know, now you're on, you're touching into this side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like the team really has been so great to work with because like you said, there's, there's a lot of different aspects of my life where, you know, I grew up with sports. Faith is a big component. Um, of my life, big part of my life, but also like love fashion. And so it was like trying to figure out, you know, a way to combine all of those things. And so we have a lot of very modest pieces, you know, even the swimwear that we have is very modest um, and just very elegant. A lot of the pieces are very elegant and timeless, but then we you also got to keep them. The more, like, you got to keep them modest. God doesn't want to see your butt cheeks, ladies. God doesn't want to see you. That's why he made skin burn because he doesn't want you to see. No, I'm just kidding, folks. I think it's ridiculous. But of course, you know, whatever, whatever. Make your modest swimsuits. Uh, uh, she did have a bikini in one of them, though, which it's like, are you really trying to show off the belly button? Now, come on now, folks. Uh, don't go wild out there with that belly button. God knows there might be some lint or, you know, whatever stuck in it. And that makes the boys go wild. You don't want to show off. You know what I mean? Why, you know, maybe she should just come out with board shorts and long sleeve turtlenecks. Maybe that would be a nice modest outfit. You know, maybe some like waterproof turtlenecks that you can wear to the beach, you know, so you, know, you don't get rash guard and don't have to worry about guys checking out your triceps, you know, all that crazy stuff that's happening out there in this wild world we live in. Well, let's jump right to it. The featured content of the day is a video I made on YouTube regarding Caitlin Bristow on Jason Tartik's podcast. I absolutely love his podcast and her perspective. So this is a conversation I'm very much looking forward to. They start off by playing a newlywed game where they sort of like try to guess each other's answers, but then quickly get into some juicy aspects of uh, Caitlin's, um, you know, journey as she's gone from, you know, couch surfing, having no money at all to being the uh, sort of a sole proprietor in uh, the greatest empire that exists entrepreneurially in Bachelor Nation. Have a listen to the great and powerful Caitlin Bristow. I was a table setter at Smitty's Restaurant um, for $8 an hour. So she's answering what was the lowest paying job she ever had, $8 an hour. And then the other answer, her highest paying job. And um, then my best paying job is probably my podcast. There you go. Okay, I love Which means, and in, 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 
We've been curious about this for a long time, and I'm sure Jason knows the finances and he knows Caitlin probably won't reveal it, but there is a lot of money to be made in podcasting when you're a top podcaster. Caitlin Bristow, I consider kind of like the Joe Rogan of the Bachelor Nation world. She is the biggest. She's the podcast everyone wants to get on. Now, Nick Vial is big as well. They're, they're pretty neck and neck. I don't know what their downloads are, but she is girl boss running the empire. She's the Kardashian of Bachelor Nation. And uh, the most utmost respect for what she's done with her business here. Love it. Uh, I was a, a dishwasher at Atlanta Bread Company making $7 an hour. Cute. And then I would say probably my best paying job, which will make Caitlin throw up, is influencing. So he's made six figures influencing. So the fact that that podcasting pays her more than influencing goes to show it's a lot of money. So you make a lot of money. So they discuss how much money they put into their retirement accounts this year. Last year, I'm pretty, oh. almost 100% sure both put in 58K, the max you put in. That- Okay, I couldn't remember the both, max. So they both fit, put 58K in, which was the max for whatever their um, Roth IRA contributions were. And then at the 10-minute mark, they discuss influencer gifts. Uh, how much money in presents, I shouldn't say presents, in gifts were they sent as influencers? Now, let me tell you something. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not an influencer. I got a tiny, tiny following, and I get sent free stuff. So Caitlin must get sent so much stuff. I have a friend um, who has a, a, her own section of her house to receive free gifts. And look, you might think it's nice to get a free package once in a while. It is, but it always comes with an expectation that you'll post it, unbox it. The lighting's got to be nice. The living room has to be clean. How are you going to do an unboxing near the sink when the dishes need to be done? It, it Trust me when I tell you this, it's, it's probably mentally a giant burden, but let's have a listen to the uh, dollar value in influencer gifts they received this last year. Packages were sold retail. What do you think the value is on that? Uh, I'm going to go 210K. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. I was close on the first one. I said 1,000. Okay. Yeah. Really- a thousand being the amount of uh, packages they received from influencing this last year. I said Close a thousand there. and then I said 75K, but that's because I'm like, they're, I was thinking maybe about how much they are spending. No, the so, retail value. so the retail value, Jason estimates to be almost a quarter million dollars a year just in free gifts, uh, free things they've received, which of, of course, sometimes you open it, sometimes you don't, sometimes you shout it out, sometimes it's a deal. And in Caitlin's case, it's probably more a deal where she's being paid to promote things versus just a random free gift. Because if you're at that size and you're given a random free gift, you owe them no obligation to post about it. You you know, recently a company reached out and they're like, Dave, we'd love to send you some, um, a bathing suit. I was like, okay, sure. Medium, medium, whatever, large, whatever. I don't know. Sure. And then, uh, and then after they were like, we're just going to need to post at one time and tag us. And I was like, no, that, I'm not doing it. That sounds like work. I have enough bathing suits. So it might sound ungrateful to say this, but like whenever people send you things, there's no such thing as a free lunch. We know the economic term here. And that is always true. So they then talk about financial independence, which is always an interesting conversation. As you know, we've interviewed Emily Moyne, Blake Moyne's mom here to talk talking about the financial dependence she had in her past relationship. Unfortunately, in a lot of relationships, when there's one breadwinner, the other person is reliant on them for money. And in that case, it can lead to some toxic behavior. In this state, it was after you had a breakup mm-hmm. and you were dating, uh, he was a pro-European hockey player, right? Mm-hmm. So at that time, professionally, were you working or just living off his salary? Oh, yeah, no. Well, what I did was I, I hated... I was just as uncomfortable then as I am now talking about money going to Germany to financially rely on him. So I worked two jobs for three months to save up money to go. So I didn't completely have to live off of him, but that didn't last as long as I thought it would. And then I was emotionally and financially relying on him. And that's not a way to live. 
I, I had no job. I couldn't work in Germany. Uh, how do you get a job when you can't speak the language? I had no friends. I had like a little bit of money in my bank account and I had no education. <laughs> there are people that are probably listening to this that are, might be in similar situations where their significant other is making more than them. Mm -hmm. And that is a point of leverage in other areas of the relationship. When you were in that relationship at that time, did you feel like money and what you're doing professionally was levered against you? Um, it was definitely an uncomfortable conversation because all the other girlfriends and wives, their partner had given them their own debit or credit card to use in case they needed it or for groceries or whatever. Um, I didn't. And that conversation seemed to make him uncomfortable. And so I always had to like ask for money to go get groceries, which is like awful, an awful feeling. Uh, and I just remember being like, I don't know why he won't give me a debit card or like something to help. Like, I'm not a big spender. You know that. Yeah. I wouldn't go blow all this money on like shopping and yeah. doing all these things. That would Real tragedy too, because it sounds like she, you know, for her relationship, went over to Europe uh, while dating a hockey player and then was expected to what, fend for herself. Yeah, like she said, she doesn't speak the language. You need uh, like a visa to make money and all these things. Uh, so real terrible situation here. I would be like doing it to get groceries and probably a lot of wine. Um, so it was, yeah, definitely uncomfortable. But here's the thing. And I don't want to call him out. Not that he would listen to this. Maybe he would. He's a big finance guy. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you should have him on. Just kidding. Um, the thing is with him, I think he was really mad at him, himself because he played pro hockey in the NHL level and was making incredible money and had to take like the biggest pay cut to then go and like feel like he didn't make it as a hockey. Oh, you know. he got demoted. All right. Very interesting. All right. Yeah. So it tells a lot about Caitlin. She kind of ended her dance career in her mid twenties and to go become a hockey wife. And that, that of course didn't work out. She's talked a lot about the fallout from that relationship. And then now she's going to discuss jaded partnerships. This is where we bring in the ex Sean looks back. Hawk's one of my best buddies and he's just has very good balanced perspective. He's like, listen, you guys are both doing great. You're doing great in your own worlds, but could you imagine if you guys actually came together and did stuff together? together. Like it would be two, three X maybe. And right you're like, now. nope, not doing it. I'm out. Well, which I respect though, because there's good and bad with everything. Like with, even if there's a decision where you and I did partner on stuff, there could be a lot of bad with that too. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a good point. Jason Tartik and Caitlin Bristow are both financial beasts. They, you know, of course he comes from the finance world and she's an entrepreneur and yet they don't do anything together. They don't have a pajama line. They don't do robes. They don't have a sex toy uh, brand, you know, but uh, again, you know, and trust me, I think anyone who's worked with their partner knows there is something to cherish about not collaborating. Like it can be nice to learn about each other and communicating collaborate, but it's also nice to separate business from pleasure, church and state, if you will. Obviously there's yeah. upside as well. I think I'm a little jaded from my last relationship. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm being used. Not that I ever think you would use me, but I think I'm just jaded. And I also am just like, I'm so set on doing things on my own and having my own empire that it's not that I don't want to do anything with you. It's that we both just like work so hard at our own thing. We need to come together in per, like personally, not professionally. Yeah, I, th I think that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Don't, and I think a lot of therapists would tell you this, don't make everything you do about business. Your, your relationship can be monetized and maybe they would monetize it if that was what they, they needed to do, but they're both having success outside of the relationship. Yeah. But I do think that that has instilled a part of you 
where even professionally, yes, you want to come together personally, I'll be aligned, but even professionally, still then you wouldn't have an interest in that. Well, I don't know. Maybe if we're like fully married and there's that commitment there, Mm -hmm. I think then maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But don't you feel the same way or do you do not? No, so then I they discuss whether or not they think being married is a precursor to ha- working together. And of course, they're not married yet. So maybe there's this aspect like, well, since we're not, you know, since we're not married legally, why should we get into a legal binding, uh, you know, c- corporate uh, interest? <laughs> what for you to say that there must have been something professionally that you felt was being taken advantage of? Okay, so they go back to the Sean part, all right? Of course, that was her ex-fiance from when she was the lead of The Bachelorette. And she had mentioned before that there was Jade from the last relationship, and she, in some ways, might have felt like she was being used, even if that's only her own experience. And here we have her elaborating. Is that a concern of yours? Which is, by the way, con- good good on Jason Tartik here for following up with this question. Let and what was it? Well, let me just start by saying this is all just from my point of view and from how I felt and things that I saw. It doesn't mean they're right or wrong. Yeah. But um, would you or would you not agree that when couples come off the show, um, whether it was a bachelor and the woman he picked or a bachelorette and the guy she picked that that is a really hard foundation to start on and a struggle with oh, I think like a power struggle. I think it is the, especially in all dimensions, personally, professionally, and financially, it is close to impossible. Yeah. And so I think men sometimes get emasculated. hundred percent. By the bachelorette coming off and all these opportunities are like, we want Caitlin there and like, oh, well, Sean can come too. Or like, maybe not, maybe it's just Caitlin. Or it's the yeah, two. no one wants, it's all about equity. So if she's the bachelorette, she's got this huge following. Everyone's going to want her to be there because she's the prized pony. And then it's like, well, can Sean come? Yeah, I can. Totally, look, I've been there with my wife to an extent where she's a model and an influencer and gets invited to events and I'm her plus one. And sometimes they'll even say, yeah, can you bring some of your girlfriends? Sometimes they don't even want you there, you know? So I can totally understand. Now it's psychopathic because the corporations don't care about her. They don't care about Sean. What they care about is, their bottom dollar getting their product or brand tagged with Caitlyn's Instagram and you know once you realize that it maybe maybe it'll make it a little uh, seem a little bit less personal two of us together but like it's always it was always if I was there then he was invited and I think um, that on top of already feeling emasculated on the show where you're not the one and there's other relationships building and you thought it was you the whole time and then you realize it wasn't being in his feud with Nick Vial. Like, how does a relationship even work after that? I don't know. It's hard. Uh, But it was like getting down to the end where we both just didn't see it going anywhere. But it felt like he was hanging on until his gym opened. And that's where I felt used. Professionally. Professionally. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Let me also reverse the roles here just for fun. Professionally, do you feel as though you would feel insecure or I don't know what the word would be emasculated, but would you feel... All right, so let's just jump along. And of course, you guys can go listen to the full thing. I just can't get all of it to you here. Here's an interesting question. And by the way, that Sean moment will make headlines. That's a very interesting take she had. And now we've got whether or not Caitlin would ever try stand-up. What's going to look like or how I was going to do it, but I wanted... I wanted to build a community that like trusted me and that I made them laugh. And I didn't, I thought I was going to be like a radio host. Okay. Yeah. 
Gotcha. So it would, have, it would have been something in entertainment. Yeah. Something in the, either maybe, like, I think stand-up comedy. Would no, be, no, no. Would no, you no, ever no. pursue stand-up comedy as a career? Now? Yeah. Like, no. like we just saw Hannah Burner crush yeah, it. Yeah, that's like, hard. But you, you never I in your life totally would you do I totally do the crowd work she was doing. Yeah. Um, but to, no, I, I respect the hell out of stand-up comedians. That's got to be really hard. Um, I don't, I think I'm funny. I don't know if I'm that funny. I think you could I'm be. quick. I'm witty. Caitlin Bristow is so funny. I mean, I, this, I sound like a broken record here. I sound like I'm pimping for Caitlin. But if she wanted to get into stand-up, I think it would be interesting for her to realize the actual um, boost she'd have in revenue. Because it's one thing to sell ads to as a podcaster. As a podcaster, if you do an ad, you might make $20 per thousand people that listen. Your $20 CPM. If you are performing stand-up comedy and sell a $20 ticket, you're now making $20 per one person. So on podcast, you have to work. You have to get a thousand people to listen to make twenty bucks. In in YouTube, it's uh, I'm sorry. In in stand up, it's one person. So if she has a thousand people watching her stand up show, that's twenty thousand dollars versus a thousand people watching her podcast. It's twenty. So there is a ton of money to be made in stand up comedy when you have the audience. She says she's not really funny I, uh, or funny in that sense. I think she's wrong. I think she could have uh, a storytelling style stand up show and she could just absolutely crush it. Okay, so real quick, let's go to the time she was the amount of money she spent uh, trying to go on The Bachelor to go on the show. Oh, gosh. Ask my mom. She helped me. Um, I spent probably $2,000. In in buying what? Dresses and things like that? Yeah. Okay. Clothes, bras, underwear, swimsuits, hair extensions, makeup. Okay. So you spent all that money. um, And then she also mentions, which I'm not going to play here, that she was going broke and she wanted to go back to work and she was on hold to become the next bachelorette, but she didn't know if it would be her. And the bachelor actually wrote her a check for $1,500 just to keep her from having to go back to work. And then finally her vision board here, which I think everyone should have a vision for what they want out of life. She had a vision board saying, I want to be the bachelorette. And of course that nailed it. Have a listen. Okay. And so what did that vision board look like before you were the bachelorette? Well, it was me being the bachelorette. That was the only thing on my vision board and I was set on it. (laughs) I was like, I will be the bachelorette. I had it. It was a whiteboard and I wrote down like, I'm so happy now that I'm the bachelorette and I looked at it every day. There it is, folks. The power of suggestion. Do you have a vision board out there? If you do, you can put me uh, rating the podcast on your vision board. Give Bachelor Rush Hour a good rating. Share with your friends. Like, subscribe. And until tomorrow, we'll see you later. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.